Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 66 of Believe in Betting LA. We hope everyone had a fantastic holiday weekend. And we're moving on now to Christmas season, which means there's going to be even more football. And uh, just like bowl season, Chris, we had a Wednesday afternoon football game this past week. No, that was not the Cheez-It Bowl. That was actually Ravens <laughs> at Steelers. So we'll talk about how weird the NFL is getting. We'll talk about how we did last week. And, of course, we're going to break down this week for both the UCLA football Bruins and USC Trojans and, of course, the NFL slate as well. I want to welcome everyone in. Again, this is Believe in Batting LA, episode 66. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. Joined, as always, my co-host, Chris Leward of Stag Capital and Edge Finder Sports. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing well. Do you ever notice that those uh, double insulated, like those those bottles you get, right, those water bottles you get, that they tell you not to put them in the dishwasher? And I always thought that was because of some sort of like reaction it would have with the heat or something like that. But I think it's because they just can't get clean because uh, I took mine out and, uh, yep, feels like I'm drinking soap. Feels like I am drinking soap. So it's clean. It's just not rinsed. Right. I think that's a problem. Um, so, you know, I... Uh, I'm often saying that rules are for people who don't know what the rules are, but in the case of the directions, to not put in a dishwasher, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore because this yeah. uh, soap water is not great. Some rules are meant to be broken and some rules are meant to be kept unless you like soapy water, which I've never met a single person in my life that does. So take it from Chris. Do not put those uh, those water bottles, those metal water bottles in the dishwasher. Um, all right. Again, this is Believe in Betting LA, episode 66, run about our 18th month, Chris, believe it or not, we started this last summer. Feels like it's been about a decade considering this year alone. <laughs> that felt like a long time. But, of course, we are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. We are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com, at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And one more time, our Twitter handles are at smaxwell 713 for myself. Chris is at Lou Mandingo Rock. Stack Capital is at Stack Cap. And Edgefinder Sports is just at Edgefinder Sports, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. And if you don't know what Edge Fighter Sports is, definitely look into it. It's been great uh, for both myself and Chris. It's been uh, it's been hitting at a, at a high clip. They're fun. It gets you involved in bets that in sports that you're not an expert in. Uh, and most importantly, what we've always preached on the show is it finds and gives you the value. It tells you where to find things, what to find the values at, and what to take them up until, which is my favorite part because it doesn't always obviously um, mirror each other if it's on a different yep. book. This will give you – you know, a recommended get this team plus six and a half up to minus 120. And if it's at minus 123, guess what? I don't take it. If it's at minus 118, I do take it. And that's what's great. And you're having a ton of different bets that can supplement uh, some other picks that you like. Or you can just ride with just edge finders. So uh, if you have any more questions about that, hit up Chris at StagCap or Lou Mendingo Rock or Edge Finder Sports on Twitter. There's many different ways of getting in touch with the fine folks at Stag Capital. All right, before we talk about Thanksgiving and moving on to week 13 of the NFL season and, of course, college football later today, uh, of course, just full uh, full transparency, we are recording this Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, excuse me, December 5th. So some of these college picks are certainly going to be up against it. USC doesn't play till tomorrow. UCLA doesn't play till this evening. So maybe some of you guys will be able to get those bets in. Do you want to thank our sponsor before we move on here? And that, of course, is our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, they are the best online offshore book in the land. 
They are a, you know, they have great customer service. They have every line that you possibly need. This is a time where you need to have multiple books, Chris. I think you can agree with me there. Yeah. Uh, and so it's good to whatever you have. If you have another offshore book, if you have a legal sports bet in your state, congratulations. That's incredible. We don't have that, of course, here in California yet. Uh, or if you have a local book, whatever you may have. Bet online is the best supplement. It's really just the best book you can possibly have. Whenever we discuss lines, it comes directly from our friends over at Bet Online. They have great customer service. Um, you know, after that stinker of a game, Minnesota and Purdue, I, I think I'm pretty sure at least Bet Online refunded both sides there. Um, they pay. I think they have already paid out their election. But most importantly, they're very transparent. They're very communicative. You can find Dave Mason uh, on this podcast a couple different times. You can find him on Twitter, uh, and he's a great guy and, and does not hide from any difficult questions. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Before we move on, Chris, let's talk about how we did last week we did a special thanksgiving show and we were planning on doing a regular show last week week 12 the nfl season both of us just two stopped from thanksgiving could not get out of bed for several days so we apologize to anyone that was listening or, or tuning in trying to find that but we did want to review how we did last week and it was a good week for myself i went two and oh i hit on very easily hit on texans minus three that was my best bet of the week um just so easy and uh you know i think we'll talk about this more chris but when you have these teams that are holding on to a coach that nobody likes there's usually a reason for that. It's because the team wants to continue losing. It's the only reason Adam Gates still has a job. And when that coach is gone, especially this year, this is at least kind of the thing that's out there in the industry right now. Those teams are playing way better versus expectations than when they had that bad coach. Maybe it's just a relief of finally getting rid of that bad coach, moving on. There's bad blood, whatever. When teams are not winning, oftentimes there's infighting inside the locker room, inside the coaching staff, inside the organization as a whole. When one of those things is released – the team tends to be a little bit more competitive. You've seen it really. The, the main example is the Falcons have been significantly yes. different teams since Dan Quinn has gone. Raheem Morris, I think, is 4-1. and one. Um, And that team is is formidable all of a sudden. And a lot of people found out the hard way last week if you were back in the Raiders. I actually took the Falcons with that as part of my handicap. So important to note that Matt Patrician, Matt Patricia, excuse me, attrition, I think is what I was thinking in my is head. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Patricia is no longer head coach of the Detroit Lions. You saw just an outflowing, uh, an outpouring of, of former current Lions players, uh, you know, longtime Lions ambassadors that were literally openly publicly celebrating his firing. So that, that's all you need to know about how the Lions were performing. Uh, but that's why I loved the Texans last week. They are another good example of they've played a lot better since Bill O'Brien's been fired. We'll see if that happens to the Lions. But I hit on Texans minus three, and I also hit on Washington football team Cowboys over 46. That one was obviously an easy, easy hit. Antonio Gibson stole the show there on Thanksgiving Day. So I went 2-0. Now I'm 18-16-1 so far this football season. My best bets, though, are 8-4-1. Chris went 2-3 and three last week, so his record overall stands at 22-23-1. So let's move on here. Let's talk about college football, Chris. Both these Pac-12 teams, UCLA, USC, are coming off of uh, long delays in their play. <laughs> oh UCLA, uh, and, and it's better than some of these other teams. UCLA, this evening, and again, we're recording Saturday morning. They're playing tonight at 7.30. They are taking on the 0-1. That's it. <laughs> Arizona State Sun Devils, they have not played since November 7th when they lost by one point here in L.A. at the Coliseum to the USC Trojans. I'm sure a lot of people remember that game. And I had to look this up, Chris, because it's almost – Hard to believe that they haven't played in over a month. And we've seen, obviously, tons of teams have COVID uh, cancellations. Oftentimes, it's two weeks, or maybe there's another team that canceled. Arizona State's had just a bevy of problems. So the 2-2 two and two UCLA Bruins are taking on the 0-1 oh Arizona State Sun Devils. Arizona State is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. The total in this one is 56-and-a-half. This one's from Sun Devil Stadium 
this evening, 7.30 p.m. I know this is a very difficult one to handicap, but if you had to do it, what are you taking? I'm going to take UCLA money line, and <clears throat> I'm going to say that that's mostly – well, it's, it's mostly because of the price. It was the one thing that was a, a tad bit offsides, but – at least UCLA has been playing a little bit. I mean, ASU has got to be rusty as hell. I've, uh, you know, it was Division Three, but I played college football, and you have that much time off. Even if you have a bye week, like you're just you're rusty and slow. Uh, you just you're not going to be ready for the game speed. You're not going to be ready for the hitting, and honestly, your wind probably isn't going to be there. Um, you're just going to be a little bit tired because I doubt you know these guys have had so many things. I'm sure they've been practicing, but it's not. It's just not the same, right? This is just a crazy year. Um, and I was thinking. Uh, are they going to play these games like in January? Like when ASU has like three games left on their schedule? Like what are, what, what is going to happen with that? Um, I'm extraordinarily curious to see what happens when, you know, USC has played uh, seven games and uh, you know, the SEC and the big 10 have all played a, a full slate, you know, what's going to happen. They're just going to ignore them. Um, but in this case, uh, UCLA money line plus 125. Uh, it's pretty good value with that. Um, you're getting you're getting some good points about online there. So that's what I'm going to grab, and I'm going to rely on my boy Chip Kelly, who one of these days I will win the <laughs> Chip Kelly will appear on Fox Sports West any day now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because so, he's a, a long time bet for Chris. Uh, yeah. Those bets are always fun. Those kind of uh, ones with your friends that are you can't obviously can't find that at a sports book, but they're they're funny hypothetical bets. I had one on actually Julius Randall a few years ago with my friend, um, and it was will he ever beat Omri Caspi's career game? of 37 and 12 or something like that. And, and nice. uh, one time you came very, very close and my friend and I had a great time. It's, you know, those bets are really at the heart of, of what makes what we do fun, which is watching sports and trying to prognosticate and uh, hopefully get finish in the green. But the ultimate goal, obviously, is just to not finish in the red, of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, UCLA, as you mentioned, Chip Kelly, after that first game, November 7th, they lost a 48 to 42 shootout to the Colorado Buffaloes. We thought, wow, this team is even worse than we anticipated. You know, the, the Chip Kelly experience is coming to an end very, very quickly here. This defense is trash. Uh, and then they dealt with the COVID issues of their own. But the last three weeks for UCLA have been great. They took care of Cal and a game that, you know, this is really where you find out where your team's at. That game was scheduled on Friday for a Sunday morning. Neither yeah. team had time to prepare. So you found out really, okay, who's the better team? Not who could prepare better, not who matched up better. Who, who's the better team? And UCLA won the game 34 to 10. And then the next week, they went out to Eugene, Oregon, almost beat the Ducks. Yeah. And of course, the Ducks lost last week to Oregon State. So we don't know exactly how great the Ducks are. But UCLA looked fantastic in that game, especially without their quarterback. Easy cover. It was an 18 and a half point spread. They lost by three. And then last week, they went 27 to 10 uh, at home against the Arizona Wildcats. So UCLA looking a lot better, a lot more formidable all of a sudden. Yeah, Arizona State was a good team. You know, a year ago, a year, or, exactly. whenever, whenever training camp opened and we thought we'd have a full season, Arizona State looks good against USC until they blew it late. I don't understand it. I, can you tell me why they're two and a half point favorites? Yeah, they're at home, but, you know, I don't think there's going to be very many fans there, if any at all. So this is basically saying a neutral field. They're even. Still don't get it. This team hasn't played in a month. They can't possibly be ready to go, yeah. which, of course, means they probably will blow out UCLA. Right, but, right. They're going to win by 40. I agree with you. I'm taking UCLA money line here. I, I just think it's it's too easy. I don't see the value in plus two and a half. So I'm just going to go ahead and take money line. And I, I don't see any reason why not to. So uh, it's, it's an interesting one. And you mentioned Big Ten, SEC, ACC, full allotment of games. Well, the Big Ten's having a lot of issues themselves. I mean, the Big Ten, look at Ohio State, the flagship program in the conference, has not played back-to-back -back games. Michigan has a COVID outbreak. They may not play the big game next week, which means that Ohio State – as it's currently stated in the rule book and the, and, the, and the different rules that they established at the beginning of this year, they won't be eligible to play in the Big Ten Championship. Their best team, their only hope of getting to the college football playoffs. So 
it's just a mess all the way around yep. for both the Pac-12 and Big Ten officials that thought, hey, we can play an eight-game season in eight weeks or we can play a six-game season in six weeks. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, things have gotten disaster. a lot worse, of course, over the last couple of months in terms of COVID and, and the spread and stuff, but it was never going to work. You gave yourself absolutely no flexibility, and you're seeing the same things happen across the ACC and the SEC. The only difference is they actually have time to make up these games. You know, they started in September, and yep. they have bye weeks, and you're seeing, you know, games get rescheduled down the line there, and and, and that's why they did that. And that's, I think, those those executives and officials deserve a lot more credit than both the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that are really, really struggling. And it would not surprise me at all, Chris, if we don't see uh, a representative from either conference, or at least one of these conferences won't get someone in to the college football playoff. So, all right, we both like UCLA money line Now... This is as COVID as it gets. We thought when the Rams left the Coliseum for the last time last year, that would be the end of Sunday football at the Coliseum, the Coliseum forever. Man. Guess what? We've got a Washington State-USC Trojans football game tomorrow afternoon, Sunday afternoon, from the Coliseum. This one's at 4.30 p.m. Washington State, another one of those teams impacted by COVID. They're only 1-1. One one. USC is 3-0. They are 12.5-point home favorites. The total in this one is 68. What are your thoughts here? Cougars at Trojans. Yeah, as far as as what the Big Ten is going to do, it will be fun to watch them make something up to get Ohio State in that playoff. Uh, I'm excited to see what they, you know, what what little sisters of the poor team they ship in to to qualify for a game so that they can convince themselves they need to play. Uh, that should be exciting. As far as Washington State and USC, oh God only knows. Sunday afternoon game. Washington State COVID problems, USC 3-0, you know, two of those victories, a little bit sloppy, especially against ASU, you know, a million years ago. I'm going to take over 34 and a half at minus 110. It was the thing, honestly, that's not really even offsides. That's just a very fair price. But what we had going, um, there's just nothing, nothing out there. And I think you see the books doing that. A lot of times the books will, you know, We'll put kind of very sta- not stale, but just standard, regular milk toast lines out there because they don't know what's going on. It'll just be you know sixty eight and a half minus one ten. Everything will be minus one ten, uh, and those are games that they're just they don't know what they're they don't really know what they should be doing uh, to handicap it, and they're just going to put this out there so that they can post it. But they know they're probably not going to make a ton of money either way, uh, and hope it doesn't get crazy, and hope that people know as little as they know. Um, but this, yeah, just one of those games, not crazy offsides. I'm going to count on uh, SC putting up some points, which means the first half will probably end at 10-7. Yeah, and the good thing about for, for the bookmakers, uh, when they're relying on people to bet that don't know much, most of the time people that are betting are squares. They don't know much. You know, we know yep. a lot, and, and we still don't win very much. That's right. So, so it's good to be a book. Uh, I'm actually, it's funny you mentioned that. It's, uh, I'm in one of those shares pool where you compete against everyone else. No VIG, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the share price goes up or down, depending on, of course, how the rest of the pool does. In the beginning, everyone was doing well. So one share was actually worth more like 75 to 80 cents. And now we're already up to, you know, one, four, one, five per share because so many people have lost everything. And that's without a VIG. So it's really amazing to see over the course of a season, um, even guys that, you know, do this not necessarily for a living, but do this every single year to try to supplement their income that think that they know what they're talking about, like you and I, still end up losing more often than they end up winning. So yeah, it gets I mean, it gets to exactly what we do and why we preach this so often, right? Is nobody anybody who tells you they know who's gonna win or what the score is gonna be is lying. They just no one knows. No one knows. The books don't know, the players don't know, the coaches don't know, no one knows, right? So that is why we preach, 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 preach to take a value-based 
look at the way you're betting because when you it's just like you said right the point of betting is to minimize your losses and maximize your gains right so you want to protect yourself and you do so by buying low and selling high as it were so you know if you want to sweat you know throw 20 bucks here and there every weekend that's fine like don't worry about it but if you're betting more seriously if you're wagering hundreds of dollars i can't i can't beg you enough to examine how you're doing it um, and taking into account where exactly you're getting your information right and not only that it's good to go back and look at how you won and how you lost yep. you know, for example the last couple of weeks uh, i've not done very well and i looked at it and everything i did before the game my props my totals, all the edge finder picks have been doing pretty well. What have I been losing on? Live bets. Oh, man, yeah. this, this game is fun. I want some action in this game. Uh, oh, yeah. wow, Mitch Ritchie just fumbled. And there's no way he's going to top 212 yards. That's the, the live total right now. And so I've been able to identify, okay, live bets is what's killing me right now. Stop doing it. And then, obviously, you have a better chance of winning. So you're absolutely right. And, and no one knows what, what's going to happen with any game unless – that team doesn't have a quarterback like the Denver Broncos last week. And yeah. that, is pretty, that is pretty obvious. You know, exactly you know what what that's so, so there, there is guarantees in life that just only happen once a millennium, basically, or, you know, once every 125 years, whenever the last pandemic was with the, the Spanish flu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to Washington state, USC, sorry for that mini tangent. Look, USC in their first two games, of course, came back for those last second wins. Washington state has been a pretty formidable team. They had a, a nice lead in the second half against Oregon a couple weeks ago. So I'm actually going to take Washington State first half plus seven. Now, USC did come out very hot against Utah. Uh, and so that's obviously weighing on my mind there. But I do like the Cougars to come out hot here. Uh, I do think USC is a second half team. I think it's a sign of a strong team. Uh, but I'm going to take Washington State plus seven first half. All right. We're moving on now to the NFL where the Rams are in a big uh, they have a big game against the Cardinals. Uh, they're seven and four. Of course, the Rams coming off of that tough loss last week to the Niners, uh, but they are still right there for the taking. The NFC West. They have a much more difficult schedule than the Seattle Seahawks, but they can definitely still do it. I have the Rams here at two and a half point road favorites. The total in this game is forty eight. Kyler Murray, Chris, he's only one and three in his last. Four games. The only one win was the Hail Mary that they won the last second, of course, against the Buffalo. He's struggling, not running the ball as much. He's not throwing the ball as well with a shoulder injury. What are your thoughts here? Rams at Cardinals. Rams at Cardinals. I'm going to talk about one of my two my two favorite things. Uh, one is Aaron Donald, of course. The other is how much I dislike Mitch Trubisky. Actually, I don't dislike him. I'm sure he's a fine fellow. He's just a terrible professional quarterback. Uh, I was doing some listening and some reading over Thanksgiving as the Bears put him back into the starting role. And the prognosticator on the radio was comparing him to Kyler Murray, was saying that both of them struggle mightily uh, in reading defenses, in particular zone NFL defenses, and they don't do a great job of that. What's the difference between the two? Why is Kyler Murray pretty good? And Mitch Trubisky is going to be riding pine next year somewhere because Kyler Murray has a stronger arm and because Kyler Murray is faster and because Kyler Murray has a better coach. Mitch Trubisky has none of those things. He is pretty athletic and he can run a little bit, but not like Kyler Murray. So those physical gifts are what set those two apart, and it makes you wonder why you would trade a million picks and not take Deshaun Watson and not take Patrick Mahomes for Mitch Trubisky. Okay, I'm done. Rams and Cardinals, under 48, about minus 110. If you can do a little bit better, like minus 106, minus 107, that's a pretty good price. I think this is going to be a defensive struggle. Uh, I think the Rams' defense has played awesome. I won't say his name, but you know my favorites will be out there uh, making Kyler burst out uh, the pocket. So I don't think he's going to get a lot of growth on field. And I think we're going to have a fairly back and forth, a lot of field goals maybe, uh, under 48. Minus 107, minus 108 is where you want to be. 
All right, so you're looking for more defense here and trying to contain Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I was listening to RJ Bell's dream preview, and this was one of the most hotly contested games. Uh, sorry, the next one is one of the most hotly contested games. But what, what they said on this particular game is, and, and they broke down, they think there's a demarc- demarcification in this season for the Cardinals. There's the, the Arizona Cardinals with a healthy, running, gunslinging Kyler Murray. And there's mm-hmm. the beat-up Kyler Murray that everyone is blitzing to hell. And they're blitzing at a higher rate against this team than almost anyone else in the entire NFL. And it's really affecting Kyler Murray. He's not able to get out. And, and you know, he is just so slippery. It's incredible watching him. He's a tough guy to bring down. Uh, and he's great throwing on the, on the run and in the, in the red zone, on the goal line. He is absolutely unstoppable. He had uh, touchdowns in like five or six straight games over the last yeah. couple of games. People are blitzing him now. And, uh, you know, it's exactly why I really, really liked the Patriots last week. And it's exactly why, again... I like the Rams here. This Rams defensive front can get pressure, of course, without blitzing. Uh, they can absolutely blitz if they need to. They have, you know, two premier defensive players. They have got someone that's going to absolutely, you know, shadow someone like DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to do a very good job doing so. And Hopkins has been a boomer bust guy this year, Chris. He's been either a top ten receiver or yep. a a outside the top forty receiver in almost every single game. And look, DeAndre Hopkins is too good to shut down. Uh, but for a guy like Jalen Ramsey. All you're trying to do is slow him down. You know, just make make Kyler Murray beat you over the top. Make yep. him scramble around and then complete his DeAndre Hopkins. Just just don't give him easy yards and easy points. Um, and so I really like this this Rams team. I think they're going to go in there and just continue doing what teams are doing to the Cardinals, and that's blitzing them and, and forcing them to not play their game. And, um, you know, look, they almost won this game. They probably should have beaten the Patriots last week, not only the end of the first half there, that weird almost touchdown by Kenyon Drake, uh, but also they missed a field goal. And, then of course, the Patriots went down and, and made their field goal to win the game. Um, I think this Rams team is light years ahead of where that Patriots team is. Uh, both both are great coaches. So if Bill Belichick could figure out how to do this, no doubt in my mind that Sean McVay and his coaching staff are going to be able to do that. I love it here. You're getting Rams minus two and a half. You don't even need to get the hook there. Uh, I, I thought this would be more like a Rams minus four situation, so I love the value here at Rams minus two. Moving on to the other NFL team, we are talking about the New England Patriots taking on the L.A. Chargers, and not from our favorite stadium anymore, of course, but from SoFi Stadium, which maybe at some point will be my new favorite stadium if I can ever watch a game there. Maybe one day I did <laughs> I did see it from – I took a hike this morning. I did see it from the air. You can see it kind of glistens in the sun. It's a beautiful-looking building, uh, but I've never been there. So the Patriots, we just talked about them. They were taking on the Los Angeles Chargers who seemingly always compete and make crazy – And then lose. <laughs> you know, last week was just one of those – I mean – uh, if you didn't already think that Coach Anthony Lynn should probably be shown the door, last week should have opened up your eyes. And look, I think Anthony Lynn's actually like a fine coach. I think he's yep. probably a very good offensive coordinator. He's proven in the past to be a great running backs coach. Really, the weakness of him, which is very important for an NFL coach, is in-game decisions, exactly. clock management, and he just cannot figure it out. Yeah, After exactly. that game last week, you literally run the ball with like 25 seconds left. I mean, <laughs> and, then, and then down to multiple scores – you send in the field goal unit, and then you trot back. I mean, like, you don't take Justin Herber off. You have Austin Eckler back. I don't want to get into it. If you're a Chargers fan, I'm really sorry. Hopefully you can take solace in that you have, you know, one of the, the best-looking young quarterbacks in the league. Okay, now that that rant's over, somehow the Chargers are actually a home favorite against the Patriots. Look, I know this Patriots team is nowhere near what we've seen. They have Cam Newton instead of Tom Brady. I can't even name most of their receivers, and most casual football fans have no idea. They've got Ryan Izzo and Devin Asiasi, former Bruin, as you know their weapons. They, <clears throat> they, they've had injuries all across their board. They still have Bill Belichick, who's, in my mind, the greatest head football coach at any level, at any time in football history, unquestionably, going up against Anthony Lynn. A boy, okay? Anthony so Lynn. I, I, don't really, I don't really care. 
you can say whatever you want about value, players, matchups, whatever. It comes down to one thing and one thing only. Usually in close games like this, when it's, when it's basically a toss of it to pick them, which coach do you like better? Like, and, and this one is, is – I've never ever in my entire life seen a, a more drastic, a stark contrast between legendary Hall of Fame coach and, and guy that literally is a punching bag for the entire league about how poor of a coach he's been. I don't, I don't, even, I'm, I don't know what you're saying, but I, you know, whatever you pick, I'm taking Pat's money line no matter what. That, that's it. That's my handicap. Yeah, I uh... – Whenever I see Pat's Chargers, I can't help but think of, gosh, was it like 2005 when uh, it Antonio Cromartie, the one with 17 kids, the Cromartie with 17 kids? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was Drew Brees' last year at San Diego. They have the Patriots beat. They have lost. Cromartie picks off a pass from Tom Brady. All he has to do is fall down, run out of bounds, anything he wants to do, and the game is over. What does he do? He runs around in circles for five minutes, gets the ball stripped from him. Pats get the ball back, first down. The rest is history. Pats go on and win another Super Bowl because Camardi couldn't fall down. Uh, one of my favorite uh, NFL memories. I didn't have money in the game at that point, but just watching the incompetence of it and knowing that a you know peewee player would have known better uh, than to fall down. You and I are going to disagree here. Uh, I don't disagree with what you said. All of those things are right. Anthony Lynn, much like Matt Nagy, has no business being a professional head coach. Um, he should be doing something else, like offensive coordinator, running backs coach. This is partially driven by value and partially because the Patriots are going across the country. And part of me thinks that, not that they've given up, but that they're just kind of waiting for it to be over. And Belichick wants to get to the offseason where he can, he can do some things. Chargers minus one and a half, minus 110. Uh, I'll probably regret that, but that's what I'm doing. Wow, you don't sound particularly excited about that one. I mean, if I wasn't forcing you to make a pick in this game, are you taking that bet yourself? Is Edgefinder Sports taking that? I'm going to guess that Edgefinder will not be taking this bet unless it moves <laughs> drastically. Um, this was, yeah, everything in this game was completely just like, it was a lot like that Washington USC, uh, Washington State USC game, right? Like it was everything is minus 110. Nothing's crazy offsides at the moment. I even looked for some props, and like some of them weren't listed. Or there was nothing good there, because um, I, I have my eyes on a Herbert, you know, over 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 uh, one and a half touchdowns. But then I was like, yeah. yeah, they might do something crazy, like make it two. Uh, but Private Herbert, I think, is going to have a game. So uh, if you are so inclined, and you can get you know minus one ten, minus one fifteen on a on a Herbert uh, touchdown prop, I like that quite a bit because I think he's gonna. I think he's going to chuck it around as he as he is wont to do. And uh, let's remind our listeners here that you and I uh, were anti herbites, and uh, we are we are going to eat that for uh, oh, yeah. the foreseeable future. Yeah, we t- we already admitted we took the massive L. Um, that's all you can do, right? I mean, these are just opinions, and mm-hmm. you know we we all watched plenty of him in college. He was a very good college quarterback. Absolutely nothing wrong with him in college, but uh, I thought he was going to be very raw. I didn't think he was going to be as fluid and as mobile and as good at throwing on the run. Um, he's fearless and he's been tremendous. We'll find out a lot about him in the next year or so because no matter what happens here, I think he's going to be an above average starting quarterback. Um, I think his his floor is almost like a Josh Allen. But is he truly going to be an MVP caliber Mahomes style quarterback? We'll find that out in, in the next year or two and as they start to build around him and give him a little more talent. 
potentially give him a real head coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I actually think it's, it's, it's a bit of a big indictment uh, of Oregon's coaching staff, right? Like they had him kind of just be a straight pocket passer, and then he gets to the NFL, and you're like, holy smokes, like right, this gets right. a little bit of an athlete here. So uh, Right, and look, my Oregon friends will tell you that he just didn't have the weapons uh, in yeah. Oregon, at Oregon, that he has now. And, and, you know, if you look at the Chargers offense, it is just littered with elite talent, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You've got multiple guys that can stretch the field. Uh, and then, of course, you have a great tight end in Hunter Henry. And then you've got probably the best pass catching running back in the league that just returned last week. 16 targets from Justin Herbert. I mean, it's just, crazy. just incredible crazy. stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just would not put any money on the Chargers winning a game because <laughs> they, they don't do it very often. They find very no, they and unique ways of losing. Which brings me to my best bet here. I'm taking a teaser here. I'm going to take Pats plus seven and a half because if the Chargers do find a way to win, we know for a fact it's going to be a one-possession game. Like, it, it will be a one-possession game, and I guess eight points is still one possession. You could lose that. Uh, but it's going to be a very close game to the very end there. So I like Pats plus seven and a half. And I'm going to pair that with Hackers minus one and a half. If you watch that Monday night football game, uh, Monday or Sunday night, where they played Russell Wilson in the Seahawks, Look, that Seahawks team didn't do anything particularly impressive. I mean, DK Metcalf was impressive, but Carson Wentz and the Seagulls team are just so, so bad right now. That defense is not bad, uh, but of course, you're going up against Aaron Rodgers. It's just a game that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to just scorch them. Uh, something's just wrong with Carson Wentz with Doug Peterson. He just lost his swagger. He lost his confidence. He's just, just a weird team. I do not see them going into Foxborough and winning that game. So, Pats plus seven and a half, Packers. Minus one and a half teaser is my best bet of week 13. What's yours? I went back and forth on this a lot. It, the price wasn't good enough for the Falcons, um, but I really like that game. I like the Saints going to Atlanta. Atlanta, as we talked about, playing much, much better. A little bit of a trap game there, but the, just wasn't there. Jags plus 10 at Minnesota. Delvin Cook's a little banged up. I think... Maybe giving it too much credit here, but Doug Marone starting Mike Glennon seems like a mistake when Minshew is healthy. Wouldn't surprise me if Glennon goes out there for two series and then Minshew shows up and, and leads that team to a to a field goal winner, a seven-point victory. I really like 10 points for the Jags playing inside against Minnesota. That, and a Minnesota team that's been reeling a little bit and offensive line that's been weak and uh, banged up Delvin Cook, even though we have him in fantasy on our team. Um He's uh, he's a little bit wobbly, so I like the Jags plus ten. It's funny on on Sunday evening, one of the only two games that I took was Jags plus ten, and went down to nine and a half. It's been back now to ten, so I I'm in total agreement with you there. This Vikings team is very very difficult to figure out, uh, despite Mike Zimmer being one of the best against the spread head coaches in NFL history. Just a tough team to figure out. We lost two weeks ago against the Cowboys. I lost the Survivor team on that, and now we're talking about do we go back to the well and, and take the yeah. Vikings again? They're playing a lot better, but that's still just a stinker of a game. Um, and the Jags are way better than the record indicates. They consistently are in games they have no business being in. They almost went into Lambeau and won a few weeks back. Uh, yeah. But they still only won one game, of course, this season. And that was week one against the Colts. Uh, they're a weird team as well. So I, I definitely do agree with you on Jags plus 10. Any final thoughts here, Chris, for episode 66? Today is December 5th of Believe in Betting L.A. You know, it's really ruining my uh, mojo and my kind of uh, scheduling when we're playing football games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I got to be checking things. Ah, go away, COVID. Just go away. Go yep. as my as my daughter says to me when she gets angry or doesn't want something, she starts waving her hands. She said, "No, no, 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 no." So, uh, 
Yes, no more Wednesday afternoon football. By God, I had what was going on? What is going on? It was like cool, like you, you like appreciated the novelty of it, and it was kind of like, hey, like this is kind of cool. I wouldn't really be doing anything better with my day than watching this football game. But the product was terrible. so Just dreadfully terrible. awful, and that wasn't the only game last week that was bad. And of course, you had the Broncos. The same, and that that wasn't even not not only was it not professional football, that wasn't even. Division one college football. I mean, it was so bad. Yeah, it was like watching watching a scrimmage practice about some pick up, like a pickup football game, basically. I mean, so the Broncos would literally have been better off kneeling the ball every single time and punting it because multiple turnovers led to easy Saints touchdowns. So you probably would have lost like seventeen nothing had just kneeled it every single yep. time. Instead, they ended up losing thirty one to three. They were very fortunate to score even that field goal. And um, look, you know, they made their own bed by not wearing masks and stuff, but. You know, the, the NFL bend over backwards for the Steelers and the Ravens. That's exactly right. That back. The Titans earlier this season. The Raiders oh. have had multiple issues. Um, and, you know, the competitive balance is a difficult thing. I, I do think the Saints win that game handily, even if Drew Locker or whoever quarterback is in there. But, you know, it just it just was really hard to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Broncos fan. I don't think they deserved any favors. If anything, actually, I think long-term does them more good because they're the, the kind of team that doesn't tank. And they kind of need to because they're, they're, yeah. they're also that could use some top-end talent. Uh, it was hard to watch, and it was one of only three afternoon games. Why not at least bury that in the morning? Like, don't don't put that as part of yeah. one of the games that you're watching. And it's only three. I mean, it's just uh, mind-boggling. Oh, I just want to flush it down the toilet. That's where that game belongs. Uh, and there's unfortunately going to probably be many more like that. And I'm just hoping, Chris, that the postseason isn't affected in that way because that's really truly when it will break my heart to see teams just be completely screwed out of the things that are necessarily out of their control or even if it's in their control even a little bit you know it's still not something that obviously they they deserved or, or, or you know these things should be settled on the field so that's i'll get off my soapbox it was unfortunate to see and, and probably unfortunately we will not see uh we will st- definitely still see more water down football at some point this season Okay, well, that was episode 66 of Believe in Betting LA for the Believe uh, for Bet Online, for Edge Finder Sports, for SAG Capital, uh, for Chris Lurt. I'm Sam Axel. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.